Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> hey, everyone. <laughs> Welcome to our podcast. Take two. <laughs> My name is Kelsey. And I'm Corey. And this is episode three. Yeah. Yeah. Shoot, it hasn't been that long, but since uh, episode two, so that's good. We're gonna get more consistent eventually. We've just life has been uh, punches punching us in the face lately, so we've had (laughs) pretty much. (laughs) This is take three, four, five, six, or seven. Oh my god. Yes, we've had some issues, but that's okay. We're getting through it. Yeah. But yeah, so if you couldn't tell what song Kelsey was introing <laughs> with, it uh it is Sunflower from it was by Sway Lee and Post Malone. Post and it Malone. Was, okay. It was the main song for the for the movie we reviewed this week, which is Spider Man into in, oh my gosh into the Spider Verse. <laughs> I know how to I know how to say words. I know Please how to say words. That <laughs> That's not going to get edited. I want people to understand. I know how to say words correctly, but yes, yeah, Spider Man into the Spider Verse. So, <laughs> yeah. I'm never going to say into ever again, but sure. <laughs> thank you. I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, thank you for that. <laughs> Anyways, so some would say this is honestly the best Spider-Man movie. Um, I will let you know my judgment. Maybe possibly in this podcast, I may wait. And for y'all, for y'all that can't, Y'all can't see us, but she is still laughing about that. And I'll probably keep hearing about it for the next seven to ten decades, however long we stay. I muted my mic, so you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, she's giggling. Anyways, so for, for those of you who haven't seen Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, and I'm gonna that's I'm gonna be self-conscious about that the whole episode. Anyways, uh the movie came out in 2018, which is five years ago, believe it or not. Crazy. Uh pre-COVID. I guess well, now we're just kind of going pre-COVID. <laughs> At this point, everything before COVID, pre-COVID. Mm-hmm. Uh so yeah, 2018. And it has an ensemble cast. Uh which basically means is it just has pretty much just stars throughout the entire uh, cast from uh, Miles Morales, which is played by Shamik Moore, who, I mean, if you've seen the movie Dope, then you know who he is. Um, if you haven't seen Dope, I would definitely watch it. It's not for, not for the kiddos, but, you know... Uh, is definitely a good movie. 
But it also has Jake Johnson. If you've seen New Girl, then you know who Jake Johnson is. Um, he plays he plays one of the Spider Mans. Uh, Chris Pine is in this. Haley okay. Steinfeld, love her. Uh, Ali, love um, him. Who? Side note is going to be the next Blade. If you don't know that, um, who else? Zoe Kravitz is in this one as well. Nicholas Cage, can't forget him. He's iconic <laughs> in his own right. Um, but it has so many different characters. And I could go on and on. And am I missing Catherine Han? Is it um, Han or Han? I think it's Catherine Han. Yes, Catherine Han. Queen, I, said I, could go, I could go on and on. I know. There's but still more she, characters that I could go noted. on and on about. But yeah, so so many, so many great actors and actresses in there. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But basically, uh, it's an animated film also mm -hmm. too but the way that it's done makes you kind of forget about that at least in my opinion honestly i almost thought no i did think that i wasn't going to be a fan of this movie because it was animated because really? i um I love animated movies. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I love them. But there are sometimes, like, when you try to bring, like, what, for me at least, is known in, like, regular film um, into, like, an animated, it, I just wasn't sure if I was just going to like it because I'm also one of the maybe really rare and few um, that I don't like animated movies when they're based not in reality. Cause like, obviously it's, we're not saying that a superhero is reality, but um, like, kind of like, <laughs> I'm going to get so much hate for this, but like, like Bob's burger or, you know, like family guy or something like when it's like that realism and it's not like straight, cartoon characters it throws me off when it's in animation and also like I have watched like shows or movies that have been superhero animation and I don't like a lot of them so yeah I didn't think I was gonna like it but this is honestly one of my favorite movies ever so it's crazy yeah it's true she does hate cartoons uh, <laughs> I don't hate cartoons. It's just I know I don't I resonate know. with them. I got you. I love cartoons, but that's also because I'm a child sometimes. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> yeah. So pretty much, I mean, everybody kind of knows the backstory about Spider-Man, and this is really kind of no different. I mean, except for I mean the name change. I mean it's since around Miles Morales getting bit by the spider and becoming Spider-Man. But the thing is, is that what I thought was unique is that he wasn't the original Spider-Man of his own universe. 
Yeah. There there was a Peter Parker who was a who was Spider-Man in his universe that unfortunately um passed away before he could teach him how to become be Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Yeah, basically how to be Spider-Man. So I thought I thought that was very interesting that like it wasn't an animated version of the regular story of Spider-Man in the sense of like it, his name's Peter Parker. He has a girlfriend named MJ, all this other stuff. And it didn't go down that same path. It kind of went like, hey, we're going to tell this Spider-Man story, but we're going to use a different character. And we're going to kind of parallel him and Peter Parker, but like not have it, not have the focus, the main person be Peter Parker. But basically the uh the the villain in here which i was kind of shocked about i guess this because i my uh comic book knowledge isn't my comic book knowledge game ain't on point uh i didn't realize kingpin was a spider-man villain uh i always thought him more as daredevils like villain but i mean they use kingpin for this movie which um was also interesting as well but you know what did you think of kingpin as the villain or did you think of him as a villain or like i mean just what did you think of him let me just deep breath okay because it's like <laughs> okay so i always have a really hard time because, and I've read like scholarly papers on this because yes, I did take a comic book class in college. Um, but it's like the difference between a villain and a hero is obviously their actions. Um, and so, you know, obviously you see like a lot of the heroes, like there's always, you know, some sad story that, you know, how they came about. I mean, like, Batman losing his parents, Spider-Man losing his grandpa, um, or uncle. Is it uncle? Yes, it's his uncle. Aunt May. Yes, his uncle. And so everyone always has a backstory that, like, kind of shifts, like, their trajectory of, like, their life. But um, I don't know about Kingpin until I saw – I did not know, sorry – um, about Kingpin until I saw this movie, but then in the movie, it talks about his backstory, and, like, I don't know, sometimes, like, when I see villains, I'm like, would I be a villain? Because I can kind of understand why he did what he did, and so, thus the spoiler of a movie that's over five years old, um, is, like, he opens up the multiverse because his wife and son died. And when he opened up the multiverse, like the main objective was like, even though he hates Spider-Man because the wife and son's death was like intertwined into like another incident where like Spider-Man was trying to save the city, but like his wife and son had died. Um, so it wasn't even, like, the sole focus as, like, he hates Spider-Man because he does. But, like, he was trying to open 
the multiverse so that he could bring his wife and son back. And it's like, it kind of, again, kind of um, switching universes per se, um, makes me think of Marvel with Wanda. Um, you know, like in WandaVision, like she created this whole dimension and while people are like, no, that's terrible. And then going into like the Doctor Strange movie about like, you know, she is a villain and I'm like, but she just loved her kids enough that like so much she wanted to bring them back. And I mean, I personally feel like I don't have children obviously like I have Stitch and I don't think I would like try to ruin the universe for Stitch but at the same time like maybe like if I knew I could bring him back like what wouldn't I do to bring them back and so I don't know I understand Kingpin's motives it doesn't make it right but I do understand them (laughs) well it's that classic kind of uh villain trope where it's like okay i lost something or i'm trying to gain something and it started off as kind of like an innocent venture but the way you kind of get obsessed about certain things or like when you're in pain or you know you're in a certain vulnerable position you're willing to explore every sort of option you can possibly think of in order to get whatever you lost or something you want Like, you'll do whatever you can to get to that point. And that's where it kind of uh, molds into, like, villainy. Because it's like, if you're willing to compromise your your morals and, you know, willing to compromise pretty much everything about yourself to get what you lost, that's where you become villain-like. Because it's like, well, I'm throwing all of what's right what i know what's right is pretty much going getting thrown out of the window and you start caring more about you and getting what you found or what you lost found that you become the villain so yeah, i i understand I mean, that i hear you or do we call into question like was the hero's perseverance just not enough that's that's fair you know that's no yeah no i get it that's that's fair that's a that's a fair uh, assessment but like i i also think there's a lack of i guess i don't want to say a lack of responsibility now that i think about it he really i think he felt more i think he also felt kind of guilty because the reason he why can't... he hates spider yeah i think he no. the reason why he hates spider-man is because he like him and Spider-Man were having a conflict in in his house and his wife and child saw him beating up Spider-Man they were like distraught by that and so like they took off and he was chasing them trying to get them back they took off they were driving way too fast and they end up getting into a car accident and passing away and I think that like he feels somewhat guilty about having them see him in that light. And so yeah. he believes he hates Spider-Man because he believes Spider-Man is the main reason why his family passed away. But I think that comes from a place of I feel guilty 
for them seeing me like that. And I feel guilty that they, that I was the reason why, or he was the reason why they took off and got into a car accident. So, I mean, I get where I get what you're saying from like, you know, but I, and I guess you could flip it in a way where he could be, if this, if he was the focal point, if he was the main character, that could be, that would be the, the kind of redeeming quality for him. But I mean, his venture to get his family back is going against kind of like, you know, the, the main hero Spider-Man's like, you know, whole thing. So, but um, you did mention at one point uh, off camera <laughs> that like you think that uh doc ock which uh in this in this in this verse the main one doc ock is uh, a female is a female doctor who's the daughter of like otto octavius which I mean, if you've watched the original Spider-Man 2, then you know that he's Doc Ock. But in this universe, it's Olivia Octavius that is Doc Ock. Mm -hmm. But you said that she was more the villain. So kind of like speak on like why you why you feel that way. I mean, I feel like um, I feel like there were multiple villains in the story. And that's what's crazy is because, like, though there were multiple spider men, women, and animals, (laughs) um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, I think there were, like, there definitely were multiple villains from different perspectives because you could easily say, like, Kingpin was the main villain, but Doc Ock also was a scientist and by nature she was curious so she wanted to get a hold of spider-man and thus partnered with um kingpin and so that was just like you know she manipulated her way into that situation so to me like yeah you're the villain but then also in the movie the uncle could be considered the villain from a multi-level perspective because um you know, you see the backstory of Miles Morales and his dad is a cop um, at which they didn't call it NY. It was PDNY or something like that. Um, <laughs> basically, he was a cop in New York. And um, but like the uncle is known for like tagging or what's the other word for tagging? Like um, spray painting. Yeah, graffiti. Yeah um of like the city and so like obviously the dad being a cop and the uncle you know vandalizing like that could be you know portrayed as like another level of dimension or another dimension in like the villain perspective um and so but then he also the uncle also is teamed up with kingpin as like one of his, you know, henchmen, is that the right word? Possibly. Yeah, he, I mean, he yeah, you like villain in in the movie. Like that is like a role he plays, but it's like 
I don't know. It's multi-layered because then it brings in the family dynamic and, and all of that. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I just think there are a lot of villains in the movie, but, um, I mean, I feel like they all have their like reason to be a villain, but you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. Um, so like I said earlier, I really like this, the storyline of how this is, of how this was told, mm -hmm. uh, just because, like I said, I mean, whenever you're trying to retell a story that's been told, uh, a number of times, it's hard to kind of make it fresh and new, but I personally liked how the story kind of unfolded because on an element you know like the peter parker story like i've like i said before but i don't know the way that it unfolded had me interested because it was like okay there was so many different storylines you could go with it was like miles morales becoming spider-man like how is he going to kind of handle that situation and you know uh the situation with his uncle and his dad and um dealing with like what's going on with like the the other you know spider characters that come into play and then also um just kind of dealing with his maturation as spider-man uh losing the city losing a spider-man already and so my question is to you is that well, what did you what did you think of the storylines? Like, what did you think of the story as a whole? Did you like it? Did you dislike it? Do you think it was like different than what you've known Spider Man to kind of be? You know what? Like, honestly, what is kind of your feedback of like the story? Yeah. Um, so for me, kind of just like embodying that whole question. I the one thing that I really liked about the story was. Um, you know, if you obviously look at other Marvel movies um, that talks about like multiverse and all of that, it kind of calls into like, okay, only Peter. So say, for example, the way that I feel like it would have happened in like Doctor Strange or whatever is like, we're always eventually going to wind up in like the same place. Um, if that's the best way to describe it, like essentially like Peter Parker is always going to be Spider-Man. And I love that that's not what this was in this case, because like you had, um, Haley Steinfeld's character who, um, you know, she was, what was the name of her character specifically? She was, uh, Gwen Stacy. Yes. But her character, Ghost Spider. Yeah. Um, so in her universe, Peter Parker was still alive. Like there's always a Peter Parker, but it wasn't that Peter Parker was always Spider-Man. And so I loved that level of the movie and the fact that like Peter Parker was her best friend in her universe, but he died. Um, and so I just thought the dynamics were really, really cool. I really loved the movie, kind of throwing it back to a statement that we made earlier about, you know, the animation and stuff. I loved even just the varying of like that textbook looking like comic style um, to like the 2D leading all the way up to like the 3D animation um, because some of the characters were clearly 
um, coming from like the time that they were actually written in real life. So, you know, like um, the Spider-Man noir was two dimensional. I don't know if you caught that, but like you never saw like the side of him. Um, it was is very like 2D and flat. Um, and then um, what is the one with the girl? The Asian <laughs> Spider-Man. Oh yeah, yeah. What, yeah, yeah. I what cannot... was her name? Oh gosh. Was it Penny Penny Parker? Penny Parker. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. It was Penny Parker. Um, yeah. I just loved all the di- like the the diversity and the difference in all of them because it was like very clear that it wasn't like Peter Parker is the one who saved the day in every single universe and i don't know i really really like that dynamic um overall as a movie i thought it was really great um i again i like cannot speak more highly about a movie like this is one that i could watch over and over and over again and they have a second one coming out and i'm so excited to see um like where that leads us and like does it continue to have miles as the primary character or will this new movie kind of like have miles in it but then focus more so on whoever's multiverse that we're you know whoever's you know world that we're in so i'm excited to kind of see that um I think you touched on it like the storytelling was just like really phenomenal I think it was just so like relatable and inclusive and um I thought it was great it's honestly one of my favorite and you know how diehard I am of like Avengers and Iron Man and um you know all all the different like superhero movies I this is definitely a top one for me Um, And I don't, like, what's crazy is that it's a top one for me is that I've, I like the Spider-Mans that have been made, but I've never, like, resonated with Spider-Man. Like, I always thought they were fun movies to watch, but I've never left a Spider-Man movie going, like, I wish I was Spider-Man, you know? Like, uh, but this one I did. I was like... I wish I was Ghost Spider or Penny Parker with her cool spider robot. And um, I don't know. I just, I love this movie so much. I can watch it over and over again. And then obviously Miles' story is really awesome um, to kind of see like his backstory. is obviously different from the other Peter Parker. Um, and like also just having the dimension that like who we know as Peter Parker is typically like, um he's still like in his universe though so I thought that was really great and I feel like I'm rambling a lot right now but again I just love this movie (laughs) so um but one thing I will say that will kind of segue us to our next topic the one thing that I really loved about this movie was the soundtrack (laughs) oh gosh that soundtrack was chef's kiss let me tell you like well, because it was, it's very. Um, what's the, what's the word I'm looking for? Like it was, 
first of all, it was good. And it I felt like it fit with Miles as a character, but also I feel mm-hmm. like it fit with New York as a as as a as a whole because it it had elements of like 90s hip hop which I mean a lot of 90s like hip hop was you know you know in New York yeah uh you can make the argument that it was you know in LA as well so like it was it was kind of in both areas but like it kind of spoke to it kind of fed into first of all whatever was going on and then it also fed into uh like i said miles as a character and like I mean, yeah i was his, about to his say, everyday life i was about to say that like i am always a huge like soundtrack person like music is definitely like my love language so like i i will always notice the music first um like in a movie like it just adds that level of emotion that you need to like continue through the movie but i will say that the soundtrack for this movie was so present in the movie that it almost felt like the soundtrack was a character if that makes sense like it was like it added so much like almost like subconscious level to the movie that like it oh it was it was great like i can listen to that soundtrack over and over and not just the sunflower song like while that is a great song the whole soundtrack (laughs) the whole soundtrack slaps is so good yeah no but like i loved how they use music because like Mm -hmm. i mean with miles and uh the song sunflower he it made the character more real to me because it's like, how many times do any of us, especially me, sing a song and we don't know none of the words or we know <laughs> half of the words and we're just like, and we're just kind of like singing over it. And I think that that made that more real, but also at the same time, even with like smaller characters, Miles, Miles's roommate, uh would be oftentimes coming back to the room with headphones on listening to a song and it would add something to kind of like that their situation of how they were roommates but they never talked or they never interacted with one another because they both were always listening to music or how um miles would turn to music in times of like happiness or when he was studying or when he was feeling any sort of kind of way he he was listening to music in some form or fashion and just even with like the uh the fight scenes or in the dramatic scenes like the music added something to it it wasn't just a regular score that was just like okay we're just gonna play this song or play this music in the background it like you said and i a hundred percent love that you said that it became a character because it did because it became a companion for miles in a way but it also was like a part of the group of spider characters and it became a part of that group in a way because it like conveyed a certain feeling without them necessarily having to state what they were feeling or um, 
even if you were to just not even look at the movie and just hear it, you could kind of understand what's happening. So I think I, I love that. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, I was about to say something and I kind of just forgot it. <laughs> oh no. Yeah, yeah. It'll come back. Oh gosh. <laughs> Dang it. I don't want to forget. We're talking about music. We're talking about music. What was I going to say about Spider-Man? Oh, this might be actually the first like superhero movie that has notoriety from its soundtrack. Usually it's a lot of scores. I don't I don't think I can recall a superhero movie that was known for its soundtrack as well. You know what? I'm actually trying to think about it. And I'm like, I don't, because even when when Kendrick Lamar did the Black Panther soundtrack, it was an accessory. Oh, yeah. Well, no, 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 no. It was an accessory to the movie. Like it, yeah. it, Rihanna, but it wasn't like, queen. yeah, like it wasn't so much. We'll see. But wait, when thing. was Black Panther though? Around the same time, I believe Black Panther came out in 2018 as well. I believe the first one. But their soundtrack is always going to be on point. And then by getting Rihanna to do the second movie and she hasn't released music in forever like that, that's different because like uh, Post Malone and Sway Lee were had consistently been doing music. Everybody knows Post Malone and um, Sway Lee is from uh, Ray Shrimmerd. At the time the movie came out, Post Malone and Ray Shrimmerd were pretty popular because of the whole uh, mannequin trend. Um, mm. If if you guys remember that, <laughs> I feel like that was ages ago. But yeah, when people were doing like the the mannequin, where people were just like, kind of standing still, the song was from uh, Ray Shrimmerd and Black Beatles. I remember that was on every radio station. That girl but- was a real crowd and that's how much you can actually sing because we ain't trying to get that copyright. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, no, the sound, like I think that this is really the first time like a soundtrack uh, preceded the movie, was being promoted all the way up until the movie and then was an integral part of the movie because normally when you hear like soundtracks is normally in the background like in a club scene or like uh playing on a radio in the background that somebody's listening to but the main character actually you know singing the song and making it a part of uh the story is uh pretty rare i think I mean, I'm pretty sure. I mean, we've seen a lot of movies and I feel like that hasn't been an element like that for a movie. So, yeah. So, yeah, like and we've touched on so many different like topics with this movie, but kind of like an overall thing about uh, Miles and his character. Mm -hmm. I my thoughts about his overall character is that I liked his character and here's, here's where sometimes I 
dislike the hero sometimes is when they get a little too whiny. Mm-hmm. Or it's just like it's just like just oh my god, crying over everything. Just annoying. and it's just like and it just feels like okay, there has to be some sort of like. And I understand that he's a kid because he is a kid, but at the same time. I like the fact that, yes, like there was those elements of him. He is still a kid and he had those elements there. But at the same time, he d- I loved the, his moment of like true maturation. And of course, when true maturation for a lot of these heroes comes in tragedy and trauma, you know, you know, see the the tragedy of like figuring out that his uncle, the one he looks up to even more than his father, is a villain for hire. I guess you could call him too. But, um, but then not only that, you know, Kingpin kills him, and he, you know, is with him in his last moments, and it's just like. And that that moment where he's kind of just sharing with Miles, he's just like, hey, I I let you down. And, you know, basically kind of understanding that, like, he does have, Miles has a responsibility and he shouldn't continue down the path that he did. And so... I just really think that his character maturation was good, but I mean, I just want to know what you think of him as a character. Did you, th- did you think he was too whiny? Did you, what did you think of him as a hero? Because I feel like that's why some people gravitate more towards the villains or the anti-heroes is because they're less, they're more like, okay, this happened to me. How can I, use this instead of the like the oh woe is me kind of hero thing i think um if you would have asked me this even five years ago when it first came out (laughs) versus now it would be two different answers let me tell you why Mm. um when i watch movies um or tv shows and the characters are super whiny. Typically, whiny characters are those who are in, like, their teenage years. And the older I get, the more I resonate with the parents or the principal <laughs> or the villain, you know? Sometimes I'm just like... It's really funny watching shows now, like, you know, quick side note, like you're a huge fan of Outer Banks. Or we, you know, we watch like Riverdale. And it's like funny because like people that I work with will be like, oh my gosh, the main character who's portraying a high schooler is so cute. And to me, that's like ick. <laughs> I'm like, no, the principal well, is doing it for me. Like, the teacher is really cute. Is, like, the dad is a cutie. <laughs> so it's like <laughs> now when I watch shows, 
um, or movies like this one, it's like, okay, so first off, let me go ahead and just also say, I don't feel like he was overly whiny. I do agree that there are sometimes like you watch movies and it doesn't even have to be a superhero movie, but just basically the main character is just like super whiny about everything in their life because they also think of it as like a me perspective. I didn't feel like the movie was very like self-centered on miles like I don't feel like he thought of things that were like first world problems you know what I mean like um I think he was trying to establish who he was as a person while also having like a really strict dad um and then again so I understood where the dad's perspective was coming from like he's a police officer he sees things all the time with not only teenage boys, but teenage boys of color. So um, I know he's just trying to protect his son. So I get that. Um, But I mean, I don't know. I don't feel like Miles was overly whiny. But it is funny, though, because the the small times when he was disagreeing with his dad, um, I feel like when I was younger, I would have been like, yeah, that dad is so overbearing. And like now in my head, I'm just like, Miles, he's just trying to protect you. Like, you don't know the full picture yet. And so it's it's kind of funny watching movies now being, you know, older um, is like the things I resonate with is like kind of just like a no BS mindset. <laughs> I'm just like, listen to your parents and just do what he says. But <laughs> um, no, I didn't feel like even though like he portrays a younger character and he is a younger character because it's obviously animation. It's not like an actor who's 30 playing like a 15 year old in high school. But um, yeah, I don't feel like he was a really whiny. I really, really liked his character. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> the funny thing is, is that like you talk about like the characters that are playing like high school. Like the funny thing is, like those those actors and actresses are most likely our age. <laughs> like, well, that's like like Ginny and Georgia. They're like the mom and daughter. They're duo. both our ages. Yeah, they're both like near the same age. So it's just funny when. they're so good at their job i guess that i actually think that they're children and i'm like i don't care if you're actually 30 years old in real life like shut up and listen to your mom like Like, stop being a brat no i i know the one of the whiniest characters that like to this day whenever i think of like any episode of the show and i'm just like bro which the whole family was problematic but gossip girl Serena. Oh gosh, you didn't like Serena. Remember when she tried to send her mom to jail? Yeah. Well, that show was messy. Don't do that. (laughs) We're not going to dive into that show, but I'm just saying that's just like one of the characters (laughs) that I'm like, that was a whiny person. (laughs) Yeah. I I could see that. Anyways, but yeah. So, uh. There's always, okay, so the thing is with these movies, and sometimes we don't necessarily see it whenever we pick the movies, Mm -hmm. but at least I noticed that there's always some sort of uh, God or faith-based element in Mm -hmm. there. And so Mm -hmm. what I did notice 
was um, when Peter Parker from another multiverse who was played by Jake Johnson, um, him and Miles Morales were very close, uh, seeing as that uh, that Peter Parker was the first like multiverse Spider-Man that Miles encountered uh, knowingly, knowingly, because he did encounter uh, Gwen or she was going by Gwanda at the time at school, but he didn't know that she was a a spider character. But yeah, so uh, the thing they kind of had was, you know, there was a point where Miles was like, how do I know when I'm Spider-Man and Peter early on was like, it's just a leap of faith. And so that kind and that, that actually is what kind of propelled him to take that leap of faith into becoming Spider-Man and, you know, uh, maturing. And I feel like that is probably the biggest part, uh, of the of the film and it's and it has it it's just a leap of it's a faith-based thing is it's just a leap of faith how many times are we faced with uh a challenge or we're faced with something that we feel is insurmountable or something that we can't figure out even you know even though miles is a kid like we you face that throughout some people every day uh you know there are a lot of monumental moments that we have that we have to trust in God and have faith. But, you know, I think that was a pretty impactful part of the movie, but uh, I just want to know in relation to that point in the movie, like, what do you think in terms of like how taking a leap of faith in the movie and taking a leap of faith in reality kind of mesh and how like God can be at the center of that. Yeah, so great question. I know that was I know that was like a mouthful. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. Um, I'm trying to answer it while also like posing what I found as the spiritual truth in the movie. Well, you can so mine was a little different, but it does tie into yours. So mine is kind of just like the representation of like the spider being God, right? Like, cause like God chooses us and like, like the spider goes and like, could have bit anyone, could have bit the uncle when they were there, could have bit anyone, but the spider bit Peter Parker, right? And I feel like, I know that this might sound crazy, but I'm just like, I feel like that spider is like God, like we're... He, like, chooses us. He, you know, he made us. He puts us, like, on our path, like, in his purpose. Because, like, that spider bit Peter Parker. And he became Spider-Man, right? Like, so through, like, the chaos of the transition and, like, what people would view as, like, a pain point for him. Um, because, like, he had to transition into that and, then like, also learn who he was becoming. Like, I kind of find that, like, parallel to and similar to, like, our journeys of when we're, like, devoting ourselves to our relationship with God. Like, 
typically like there's something that happens um i.e you know baptism devoting yourself to god like asking god for forgiveness um but then like we're set on like a purpose that's about becoming our best our best self and also like the reason why you become your best self is also for like actions that are of like selflessness for others because you gotta think like spider-man like is saving the world and it's like he's literally getting nothing from it like he does not get paid like he like still in high school doesn't get to skip a grade like he been he he doesn't benefit mm -hmm. at all from being spider-man and other than the fact that like his selflessness is there to help others um and i don't know i mean it may seem like a reach to some people comparing spider the spider and spider-man to god but it's just like that's that's how i kind of viewed it is like you know sometimes you know god sets us on our path and it definitely you know kind of like with miles and you know the other peter parkers or peter porker or you know whatever like that's not something they thought like that you, you they didn't choose that they didn't go you know i'm gonna go find a radioactive spider have it bite me and i'm gonna develop superpowers from this you know what i mean like they didn't seek it um and so i don't know like that's kind of like the correlation for me like i feel like um when i do see spider-man like it is a lot of selflessness because he also can't reveal himself. It's not like love Iron Man, but Iron Man was very boastful, very full of himself, you know, billionaire, playboy, philanthropist, like, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, it, but he got things like he got notoriety, he got money, like he got, you know, all these things from being Iron Man. And, and well, yes, like ultimately like, I love you 3000 sacrifice. Um, it was in selflessness of like making it a better world. Like Spider-Man does not have that option at all. Like, there is no, like I'm going to reveal myself. Um, and there is, again, he's in high school, so it's not like he's making money or, you know, any form of Spider-Man is not anywhere near a billionaire. Like no matter what multiverse he comes from, like, He's not, like, just throwing out $100 bills and, you know, hey, here's 100 from your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, like, he ain't even paying our water bills and stuff, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Well, that's, I think that's, that's what makes Spider-Man unique, though. I think that's what makes Spider-Man unique because it's, like, most of the time you think of superheroes – you think adults, grown adult men and women that went through years of arduous training and uh, trials and tribulations and years of like understanding where, whereas like, you know, when you do think of like younger, uh, like teens and young adults, they're normally the sidekicks or something. They're normally like the person oh, no. that's coming up with uh with Spider-Man, I mean, he's always a teenager of some kind. Uh, and 
he gets put in a situation where he has to save the city. And it's like, I think that that's like, it's a coming of age kind of, it's a coming of age tale pretty much. And I mean, realistically, the only, the only other one that I can think of off the top of my head, that's even close to that is what Shazam uh, with DC is the, is the only other like superhero that I can think of where it's a kid who gets like, pushed into a situation that's at the time bigger than him that they have to become an adult or have to be, have to mature very quickly to understand I mean, there's, and save the city. Um the Wonder Pets. <laughs> I know you didn't just say the Wonder Pets right now. <sighs> Anyways, <laughs> the Wonder Pets. I don't want to hear that. Hey, Jeez. they're on their way to help us save. I'm sure. Maybe I'm animals sure and save the day. <laughs> they're not don't, too big. Stop! Stop! <laughs> don't go any further for a couple reasons. Number one, number number one, we're not we're not talking about them. Number two, I don't know how much of that you can go into. Before they shut us off, you have to be careful with seeing. We we have to be careful with seeing DC or Marvel. No wonder, pet. <laughs> <laughs> Greatest superheroes of all time, hey, wonder pet. Crypto. Oh my gosh. Anyways, <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean, I'm sure there probably are comics out there that have teenagers, but I mean, like. For those who are well known, yeah, I think it's pretty much like Shazam and Spider Man. Ah. I mean, like even when you're looking at like the Marvel universe and you watch like the Avengers movies, like everyone called him kid because like everyone was older. Yeah, I mean, depending on how you want to cut it, I mean, Iron Man was what like forty. Captain America was seventy five, technically (laughs) eighty five years old. Thor, we don't know how old he is. He's like thousands of years old. Yeah, I was like, they're all older. I didn't, and I mean, the thing is, Black Widow, I think, was in her early 30s. I think they said. I think the only one that would be qualified would be a spoiler of the recent Marvel, recent, recent Marvel movie that came out. Which is what are you talking about? I think I know what you're talking about, actually. Black Panther. That's true. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, she had to grow up pretty quickly as well. But she's still a teenager. Yeah, no, she had to. That's what I'm saying. She had to grow up pretty quickly because of what happened. But to we're gonna have to wind it down a little bit. We're have to wind it down actually all the way. (laughs) wind it up no don't get me started on that either (laughs) anyway this has been such a fun episode three i feel like it was really fun we really okay but before you cut it off i just want to know you personally who has been your favorite spider-man Oh gosh, I thought you were gonna forget about this. I thought I was gonna have to get I thought I was gonna be able to get away with this episode without having so to So we have Toby Maguire. Ooh, that's tough. It it is um, very tough because Andrew Garfield. 
we literally grew up with all of them technically because what's the first spider-man came out tom holland tom holland that's obviously not your favorite anyways no i really like those <laughs> i just couldn't remember i only could remember zendaya so i personally do like the tom holland spider-man movies some people i don't. think age-wise it was more factual for him and his aunt because they always that's why i said grandma or grandpa because i was thinking of like they always the made up made like they super always made old. them super old and i'm like his aunt is well, literally in her to. like 40s 50s they had to though i guess well because, because he looked older so yeah to create the age looked, looked gap older. yeah and then it, like Which the thing we, is we did have that other spider we're gonna have to watch that and review that one they, uh, the thing is, the Aunt Mays and Uncle Ben's got younger throughout the, time, yeah, throughout the, the series. Because, like, the Andrew Garfield ones, they were, I think... Okay, so uh, Tobey Maguire's Aunt May and Uncle Ben, I, you can't convince me they weren't, like, 60, 70 years old. I don't care what you're talking about. Uh, and then Andrew Garfield's was, like, maybe 50s, I think. Uh, and then... Tom Holland, I feel like, was 40, 40, 45, early 50s, maybe. And so I felt like, and so the thing is with Andrew Garfield's one, they said that he, that his Peter Parker was a little too cool. And like Peter Parker was a little bit more nerdy. And I feel like Tom Holland is a nice mixture of cool slash nerdy. I feel like that's a, that's a good, he was, he was a good mixture of, yeah. of the two. But um, yeah, definitely. I, really I definitely like think that the Tom the, Holland one is my favorite. Yeah, I like the dynamics of friendships in the Tom Holland one, like with his friend, um, and then like Zendaya. Like I, I like those dynamics versus like the typical like damsel in distress MJ or backstabbing james franco <laughs> <laughs> he thought spider-man killed his dad so well, what do you want <laughs> no better friends oh gosh anyway <laughs> anyways um i also forgot uh even though i feel like i kind of know what you would say but i just okay. i have to ask after after every podcast what was your score out of 10 for this movie 10 <laughs> so a, a i 10. can't wait to rate it something not this movie it will never get rated lower but like i can't wait to rate a movie where i just kind of like didn't look like it but you're just like eh. uh, yeah the first three podcasts like we really picked movies that like we were really into yeah, we, it, so. <laughs> we have to we have to get ones that we don't like well we'll get to, to a recommend. point where yeah we'll get to a point where like the movies are like going to be a, a like varying in genre and um just different like dynamics in them but um obviously we started this during black history month and so you know we were obviously being super intentional with the movies we were reviewing because we also 
you know, wanted to bring like recognition and light to, um, you know, those movies. So, um, it'll definitely, like, I swear we don't like love every single movie that we watch, but, yeah. um, I do love this movie. So I give it a 10, <laughs> um, soundtrack, cast, um, everything like the wit and the humor, like the wittiness of like the script it, it, that was also awesome. Like it was just so good. I can watch this movie. This is a movie I could watch over and over and over again. Um, and never get tired of it. Yeah. 9.75. Okay. The only reason why it doesn't get the extra 0.25 is that, uh, the sequel ain't coming out soon enough. <laughs> mm. The sequel's not coming out soon enough. So we're basing the first movie off of one that hasn't even been released yet. Yeah. Well, correction. Oh my gosh. My math was not mathing. Uh, the reason why it doesn't get the extra 3.25 is because the uh, the sequel isn't out yet. But that's but okay. June. It says June. It is June this year. Uh, and also the 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 next one after they're doing a three. The third one's coming out in twenty twenty four. So let's do it. Yeah, but like always, we enjoy doing this podcast. Hope like we're again striving to do this weekly. Yes, please give um, us suggestions. Suggestions, though. Yeah, we love we love suggestions. We love because I think the suggestions will finally like be like, and eh, this movie's okay, or like, and eh, you know, but we're gonna still deliver great content and great commentary on movies. If you guys disagree with anything we're saying, uh, that's too bad. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. You can just, I mean, we're we're up for you know debate. These are our opinions on movies, so. Obviously, we respect your opinion. We don't have to listen to it, but we, <laughs> we respect. do have to listen to our podcast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyways, but but yes, make sure you guys uh, click the follow button to get all of the updates whenever we release a new episode. Um. Yeah. So. Make sure you guys listen to episodes one and two if you haven't yeah. already. Um, and, and give us feedback. Oh. We still love constructive criticism, but overall, um, you know, hopefully it feels like you guys are just hanging out with us um, yeah. when you listen to this. Yeah. But we are super, super grateful for each of you who are listening. And yeah, we love you guys. And that was our episode three of Take Two. Yes, make sure you guys always uh, stay stay humble, stay blessed, uh, stay in Christ. Uh, and uh, we'll see you guys hopefully next week. Hopefully, yeah. unless unless life keeps beating us down. Uh, pray for <laughs> us as well. Uh, we'll see you guys soon. Peace. <laughs> Bye.